Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. That is I, William Power, the king of DC media, your very own host from the coast, coming to you live from Atlanta, Maryland, dominating the airwaves. Inside Acting is brought to you by the column DC Actors Examiner. Find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, forward slash inside of the bar acting or Facebook at william.t.powell. I'm raising funds for this fantastic show. You can donate by going to www.gofundme.com. That's L-G-I-K-9-0. Tonight's guest is acting coach, uh, actress Brenda McDonough, who is, uh, provides on-camera training at her studio in Kensington, Maryland. You can sign up for her classes by going to www.oncameratraining.com. That's www.oncameratraining.com. Brenda has also written a book. You can work on camera at Amazon.com. Let me bring her on in. Good evening, Brenda. Thanks for holding. Hey, William. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Yeah, fantastic. It's not about the mistake. It's about the recovery. So let's go that's, here. That's exactly what I say. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I'm a young actor, and uh, I've been given a script uh, to cold read for a commercial, and I had 10 minutes to prepare, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. So how do I prepare for that? Well, in all honesty, your audition or preparation for your audition starts way before you get your script in your hands, and you only have 10 minutes to to work with it. So you should you know, be warming up every day in the morning with some vocal exercises on your way in the car, maybe doing some stretches in the morning when you get up. And then you get your script and you find a quiet corner in whatever pre-audition area you're in and you read it several times aloud in your head and then read it out loud a number of times before you go in to the audition. And know who you're talking to. Know who the target market's going, who the target market is who the target market is going to be, who you're delivering to. Those are just a couple of the things you're going to want to keep in mind prior to going into your audition. Hmm. Okay, so let's say you are you go in, uh, you stand in front of the auditors, you slate and everything, and right. you're standing there, and you're... Uh, you're talking kind of fast. You, 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 those first couple of lines, you're talking kind of fast. So mm-hmm. what, what do you do at that point? Well, I think the best way to regulate your pre, your pace is to regulate your breathing. So generally, if you're going too fast, you're not in touch with your breathing. You're just kind of letting it run away. So I think it's a really good idea to slate your name, take a breath, and then begin. You know, the people you're auditioning for don't remember how fast you do it. They remember how well you do it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so it's after that audition, and you think you did terrible. So what what should you do now? (laughs) Well, we're, we're not very often the best judge of our own audition ability. So, um... I always like to have a plan after I have an audition so that I can let go of the results and move on with my day. Um, you know, it's uh, get get the car washed, go home, uh, take a walk through the park, get a cup of coffee, whatever it is, but you can't do anything about the situation once you've already auditioned. So I try not to hang on to that audition in my head. If we've not done a very good job, we can also figure out what we've learned and what we don't think we did a good job on and maybe 
work on that. If we think our improv skills aren't very good, you know, get in an improv class. If we, you know, if we think our cold reads aren't very good, then work with another actor uh, on our cold reads. It's a matter of staying up to speed all the time, whether we're auditioning or working or not. Absolutely. That's good. So are you a big believer in, uh, like, thank you letters, thank you emails? Um, yeah, I think it's important. Um, I don't think it's uh, – I, I think a, a written note is probably uh, a little bit more effective than an email. You know yourself what it's like. We're inundated with email all the time. Uh, so I, I, I do think it's important. I don't think it's important to thank people for just calling you in for an audition, but once you book a job, I think it's really nice to say, thanks for submitting me. I'm really glad we got the job. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value to that. So uh, now mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that actors can blow an audition? What are some of the I, – I didn't hear that question, William. What are some of the ways an actress could can blow an audition? Um being late, um, going too fast, uh, not being prepared, you know, not having a headshot and resume with them, even though they've sent them one, on, you know, even though they've emailed their headshot and resume. I think it's a good idea to just have a hard copy with you just in case they want to see a hard copy. Um, I think basically it's being not, not being prepared or saying you're available to do the job, knowing full well you're not available to do the job. Hmm. Okay. So how should actors use visualization? Well, I think uh, the first time you want to consider visualization, of course, is uh, when you get your script, you want to imagine to whom you're speaking, and then you might want to create the surroundings in your mind, have a little mental movie of what your surroundings are. Are you in an office? Are you outside? Are you in your car? What time of day is it? These are all little things an actor can just just draw on quickly in order to make their situation more real for themselves. But but actually knowing who you're talking to when you're delivering to the camera is very important because it's the thing that creates conversational reality. Yeah, that's that's kind of good. Like even a voiceover too. That's one thing that they talk about being very very conversational. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, What's a lot of commercials? Now, what's some of the ways, uh, some of the things you think that actors can learn from watching commercials? What what are some of the pointers they should try to look out for and try to learn from? Yeah, well, you know, generally when when somebody's in a commercial, they're not talking directly to camera. They're talking talking to another person in the scene. The husband's talking to the wife about his headache, or the teenager is talking to his mom about the cereal. So they're not delivering right to camera, but that's what we do when we're at an audition. So for me, I visualize, instead of looking at the camera in the little black hole, I imagine a face of a friend that I'm talking to. So I think that's Mm. one way to imagine your surroundings and to create conversational reality. You know, we're we're all trained. We all know how to speak eloquently and say the right words and uh, to highlight the, the, the product name, but but we're not trained seals, and sometimes if we just deliver to the camera, that's what it's going to look like, like we're trained seals just saying words. But if we're actually imagining talking to someone, it makes a world of difference. Will it get to the job? How the hell do I know? But I think it'll make for a better audition. Yeah, I think so, too. So how important is smiling? 
well, we say in our book, so it must be true, a smile will get you a job. Um, mm-hmm. Think about it. The, when you go to a, a store and you want to buy something, aren't you more who's smiling rather than someone who's just, you know, kind of putting in their time? You know, basically mm-hmm. when we're on camera, we're selling something. So I think a smile is very, very important, especially when we slate our name. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You touched a little bit earlier on breathing. So what are some of the ways that uh, actors can use the diaphragmic belly breathing? Yeah. Well, it's really easy. It's just, you know, it's the way we are meant to breathe anyway. So if you just want to check your breathing, you can lay on the floor and just watch your stomach go up and down when you're breathing naturally, when your shoulders are relaxed. when you're So if your diaphragm is moving in and out rather than your shoulders moving up and down. If your shoulders are moving up and down, you're breathing in a very shallow way. If your stomach and diaphragm is moving in and out, that's when you're in touch with your breathing. Yeah, that's, uh, and I think that's also something that's taught in singing, too, is uh, the whole Absolutely. thing about using the diaphragm. Yeah, otherwise you wear your, your voice box out. Right, right. Yeah, that's why I think it's really important whether whether an actor considers himself a singer or not. It's a really good idea to have a singing teacher or take a few singing lessons in order to really understand the mechanics of breathing properly. Yeah, I think so. So uh, let's talk a little bit about scripts. Now, what are some ways? I'm a young actor. i got a script. So let's say this is for... Uh, Okay, good example in this area, the D.C. area, uh, an industrial. Let's say it's for an industrial. Okay. So, okay, so I'm kind of new to acting, and I want to uh, look at the script. What's some good ways I can, or some good approaches to interpret the script? Well, um, uh, most industrials are kind of, uh, they're a little, uh they're not particularly conversational. They're not written in a conversational way, and yet they need to be delivered in a conversational manner because you're in a scene with two or three other people. So I think one of the first things I I do is I I read it out loud several times, and then I try to imagine who I'm talking to or um, how I can relate to this character. Let's say I'm playing an auditor for the IRS, okay? Well, uh, I've never you know, been audited by the IRS, but I can imagine what working for a government agency might be like. And depending upon what the script sounds like, um, I can just, you know, make it um, fluid and believable. Then what I sometimes do is I try, while I'm practicing, I try to put the script that's in front of me in my own words to make it a little bit more, uh, a little bit more believable for me. And um, with a couple of practices that way, then I get back to the script that I've been given, and I try to just make it a little bit more um, relaxed. So, so that's generally what I do. But, I, you know, the more I practice it out loud, uh, the more understanding I create around it for myself. Okay, so that's a good approach for industrials. Okay, well, uh-huh. how, how would it differ, if, it, if at all, for, like, let's say an independent film? Well, um, let me just go back to say about industrials. Industrials are um, educational informational. Um, so that delivery is slightly different than an independent film where you're playing a particular uh, a character. Say, for instance, you're playing the ex-husband of someone 
and you're now um, you're being arrested for a DWI. Okay, so that's going to be uh, pretty different. That's going to have a little bit more um, meat to it in terms of a character than uh, someone who's playing an IRS auditor. But you'd prepare the same way. You'd imagine who you're talking to. You'd take your time. You'd read your script until you fully understand it and try to create some emotional commitment around what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you know that uh, there's a big difference between um, in the theater and in film work. I know that uh, theater, I've been told, uh, you know, don't use your hands. You'd be flapping around like a bird. And one thing you talk about is, is uh, like, for example, if you're doing voice work, voiceover, there I think it's the opposite. I think you would want to use, like, use your, your body, use your hands. <laughs> How do you feel about that? What's some of the approaches that you take toward, like, voiceover work? Um, well, I'm, I'm pretty physical myself, so I do use my body. You know, if I'm talking about something that's particularly heartfelt or tender, I might put my hand on my heart. Excuse me. I might, um, uh, most of, most importantly, I know who I'm talking to rather than moving my body around a whole lot because when you're recording, any other sound you make is also going to be recorded. So I don't want to make too much movement uh, lest it interferes with the recording and, you know, hearing my voice. So I keep my, um, I keep my motions fairly small and internal, but I know I, I try very hard to know who I'm talking to and what our relationship is. Yeah, I think that's really the core. I mean, that uh, knowing who yeah. you're talking to, keeping it conversational, which is, I think that's like easier said than done. So, oh, no know, question. Thought, oh yeah, yeah. It's been said that uh, casting is. It's very subjective. Um, what's some of the stories you've, you've heard over the years about how just how subjective casting can be? Well, I can't think of any uh, stories specifically, but but you know yourself that that you'll look at a breakdown uh, of a character, and it's exactly you. It's exactly your age. It's exactly your experience. It's exactly your personal point of view. Um, and you think they should just hire you on the spot because you fit absolutely every criteria that this character possesses. And <laughs> you, you go in and do a good reading and you don't get the job. Wow. You know, yeah. I, um, it, it, it has happened. It will happen. Uh, it's kind of just the way it goes. I don't know what the what the magic key is. Um, it's just I don't. It's just the way it goes. Um, and you don't get that, and then you get something that you kind of care about, and you don't feel like you're really right for. And then they hire you, and they they can't do enough for you. They love everything you do, and they want to use you for three more three more episodes or three more jobs. You know, so I think I think this job, this this business has a lot of unexpected twists and turns, and um, sometimes it can be very disappointing, but in turn it can also be incredibly surprising, and for me that sort of diminishes the disappointment. 
Well, it's never a dull moment. It's uh, it's a funny business. You're up one minute, you're down the next. It's yeah. uh, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. And I've, <laughs> I've found that uh, a lot of times actors will say that they don't care. When they don't care, it seems like they booked a job, and that's kind of a weird thing, but I guess maybe yeah. they're more relaxed. And maybe, well, you just can't really predict. I mean, it's casting is like a jigsaw puzzle. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's really unpredictable. It is unpredictable, and I and uh, I'm not sure they don't care. I I think that's just the language that they use to say I'm not going to think about it right now. I'm just going to let go of the results. I think that that's those are more the terms that I would use. You know, there isn't a whole lot we have control over in our lives, including who does the hiring, and yet we keep doing it, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we keep going there must back. Be, keep going back. There must more. be some. Mm-hmm, there must be something about us that keeps us tuned into it. You're kind of born into it, I guess. I suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's something about it that appeals to me. There's a lot of freedom. You know, there's a lot of freedom in terms of the creativity, but there's a lot of freedom of time. Um, sometimes that can make you a little crazy. There's, you know, sometimes it's exactly what you want. That's right. Now, what are some ways uh, actors can get rid of self-consciousness? Self-consciousness is the enemy of the camera. The camera just recoils from self-consciousness. So I would say um, be prepared. Be prepared. Expect to do your best. Breathe. I think improv uh, is one of the best ways to... um, dispel self-consciousness because it gives you the opportunity to depend upon yourself regardless of what the situation is. So in other words, you deliver your lines to the camera. They haven't called, cut, um, and you're just left standing there. Well, instead of being left standing there, you could improv another uh, an ending to their script. You know? You could add mm, a couple of cool. words at the end. You know, no one says you can't do that at an audition. But I think, you know, if you're prepared to improv something um, as part of your audition, I think that that can kind of relax the self-consciousness. Going in prepared gives you, you know, you can appear confident. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have that preparation. You know, uh, a tough thing for actors is, in the core of a lot of auditions is cold reading. Now, what are some effective, some really effective exercises that actors can can use to get better at cold reading? Um, well, I think um, I think an exercise that I always recommend for actors, and in fact, to myself, is to uh, read out loud every day. Um, it doesn't have to be a play or a movie or, you know, a novel. But I think it's a good idea to read out loud every day so that when you do get a script, you're not just overwhelmed by a page of words. You actually can take your time. And there really is no such thing as a cold read. You're never going to walk into an audition. They're not going to hand you a piece of paper and expect you to immediately without reading it once. Yeah. Yeah. So a cold read is actually... You get to the audition, they hand you a script, you have a little time, then you do it. That's that's considered a cold read, too. So 
by being prepared by reading out loud 15 minutes every day and just getting used to the sound of your voice and um, being fluid with words and your pronunciation, your breathing is in order, and then you do your best to interpret what the character means in the very few minutes you have to read it through one time. This business is all about being prepared. So I think that's a good way to prepare. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of times a cold read, it's if you've done your homework and you're prepared, I think it's really, you can turn it into a warm read. I think that's really where you're trying to get. Uh, it's not necessarily, like I said, it's never like you're expected to read it 100% yeah. cold, but I think the right. better prepared you are, you can make it a warm read. Yeah, yeah. Put as much of yourself and your own personality into whatever they hand you. I think that's important. And mm. William, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Know you're going to do the best. They may hire you. They may not. Your life is not going to end because they don't hire you. Yeah, there was a saying you used to have, uh, if it didn't work out, you said, uh, that job got canceled. You know, if if somebody doesn't hire me, that's exactly what I say. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I guess that job got canceled. And that's my part did. I'm not going to let it kick me out of business. Disappointing, I won't, I, you know. That disappointment is is very real. But you know, like I say, some someone sometimes you get them, and sometimes you don't. That's right. That's right. So you've often said, uh, as we said at the top of the show, it's not about the mistake; it's about the recover. That's so right. So let's say I'm a young actor. I have a, a bit of a blooper. Maybe I read the other. Oh, I hate when this happens. You read the other person's line or mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. on the line or something. How about some good ways that actors can recover? You know, by by not um, drawing too much attention to the mistake. Don't swear. Uh, don't say, oh, man, I really screwed up. I'm so sorry. You know, that wastes a lot of time. You just stop and start again unless the director calls cut. You're not the director. Don't call cut yourself. Because sometimes it's an editing point in the production. So mm. it's fine. So you just you just do a pickup, which means you start where you left off, or maybe they want you to go back to the first paragraph or the top of the page. I don't know. But 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 you're there as the actor, not the director and not the editor. Mm. So just go smoothly on. Newscasters make mistakes all the time and they don't let it they don't collapse because of it. They just they just recover and move on. Yeah, I hear I hear it all the time, so especially you know, like on radio or even sometimes mm-hmm. TV. There's always a, there's a mispronunciation. There's some, mm-hmm. you know, because faraway land, beef on do land, or whatever it is, and they say it wrong. Sure. Or there's a celebrity or something. Or they sometimes it's, it's kind of like almost comical. That you might we all get those weird sentences you read the thing and it's like you can't get the words out and things get jumbled and mumbled and it's crazy but i like to say the best ones they just keep they just keep on going sure yeah and i think the more attention you draw to it the worse it gets you know i think it's just important to just move on 
Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're coming down to about nine minutes. So talk a little bit more about uh, your classes you're teaching now and uh, how uh, people can uh, register. Oh, well, um, thanks, William. Um, actually, I moved my studio two years ago from Kensington well, to Silver Spring, you know. Okay. And so um, I have, and I'm only going to be teaching until April 1st, and then I'm not going to have a weekly class anymore because um, I'm pretty busy with other things. Um, I teach for Theater Lab twice a year, and I've been teaching for Shakespeare Theater. And the University of Maryland has asked me to teach my on-camera class for a semester there. So I will be giving up my studio space and doing a few other things. Okay. Well, life is about transitions. That's, yep. Uh... Well, it's been 20 years. I think, I think, uh, I think that's uh, a good long time. I will have a Level 2 class and a teleprompter class in uh in March. Um so that's that's pretty exciting. I'm happy about that. Okay. And do you still do uh corporate training? I do corporate training and private coaching, yes. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's a, a busy part of my work. Very good. That's very good. Now in uh appendix C of your book you talk a little bit about uh you know using the daily word as a resource of spiritual nutrition. So what are some other resources that actors can use for spiritual nutrition? Yeah. Well, um, everybody's got their own connection to how they want to live their life. But um, I'm a firm believer in taking time every morning, whether you have a moving meditation or a quiet seated meditation. But I think time time you spend with yourself and for me, it's early in the day, it's my most productive time, um, is beneficial for the rest of my day. You know, sometimes your day unfolds and sometimes it unravels. And I'd rather mm. have my days unfold. So for right. me, <laughs> yeah, for me, um, taking quiet time in the morning works, works well. Uh, some people who say they can't sit still, I say, get out and walk your dog, make it a moving meditation. Just take time with yourself for however long, a half an hour. I think you'll yeah. great, great benefits with that. Sure. You know? And it's quiet time. It's not goal-setting time. It's not masterminding time. It's goal-setting time. Wow. Mo- moving, mo- moving meditation. I've never thought about yeah. it. I mean, I, I know it. personally, I'll go for a walk during lunch or things like that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're also a proponent of, uh, you know, physical activity. I think that, that kind of factors into it, too, doesn't it? Our, jo- our body is our instrument, so we have to keep that in, in good shape. Because <laughs> we speak with our whole body, not just with our vocal cords. Yeah, like we talked yeah. about oh, earlier, you know, body yeah, language. One thing, I, one thing I forgot to mention is... Um, Betsy Royal uh, of Betsy Royal Casting has asked me to teach her teen and tween classes. So that's another uh, avenue I've been uh, working on. Young people and uh, teaching them improv for commercials. Yeah, that's a very valuable skill. Yeah, it is. And kids are interested and they're, they're, they're open to the situation. So it's, it's kind of fun. I, you know, we're all students and teachers, so I certainly learn from these young people. (laughs) 
And then I, I didn't catch it. What, what was the date for that one again? Um, actually, we have them coming up in April. I just did one on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday. Uh, okay. That's we're all casting. Yeah. Teens and okay. tweens. Yeah. That's very good. That's very, yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're coming down to a few minutes left here. So uh, before I let you go, just talk a little bit about uh, how fans can uh, keep up with your career and how we can see some of your work, because I know you're a working actress as well. <laughs> That's right, I am. Um, well, they can, check out my website. they can check out my website, of course. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'm on Facebook, and, uh, you know, I, I do a little self-promotion every now and then. Um Another thing I just want to mention briefly uh, that we all have to be more aware of, and that is getting good at self-taping your auditions, because isn't that become ever becoming ever more popular? So getting good at that is uh, makes makes a lot of difference. That way we don't have to travel all the way down to Richmond if we if we can send them a, a decent self-tape. You know, this world you got to put yourself on. You got to have all kinds of skills, and it's uh-huh. uh, I've had. Uh-huh. One of my uh, frequent guests on the show, a uh, character actress, was saying that uh, she started, what, 25 years ago, and it's, it's just changed so much. She's just so used to paper headshots and resumes, and everything's electronic now. It's crazy. And, and you know what, William? I hear a lot of actors, especially a lot of older actors, say, you know, how it used to be, and they're lamenting the technology. The bottom line is technology is here to stay. We may as well get good at it and quit complaining, you know, because this is the way it, the, the future is moving. And and technology is getting easier for us to do every day, too, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's a lot easier uh, than, than going to visit casting directors one-on-one when we can actually send them uh, an electronic transmission from our house. I mean, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? I think it's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. I'm amazed by it. It's a whole different world. I mean, you got casting frontier out there. You've got... Yeah. You Actors access. I mean, quicker. yeah. Sure. It's wide open for us. Yeah, it's wide open, and it's uh, but also the, the danger though is you forget the personal touch. Like uh, you know, we talked touched on earlier about thank you letters and the whole thing. Yeah, and the and just, too. Yeah, and just seeing other actors at auditions that that was always great fun for me. You know, so I do yeah. I do miss that. I, I I do love to see people at auditions. There just aren't that many auditions anymore. Not not like yeah. back in the old days, which I don't you know really want. I don't think it's important to remember how it was back in the old days, but it was different, and we got to see each other a little bit more often. You know, Brenna, I think you're right. There is a lot fewer auditions for a lot of things now. A lot of things you are, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a non, very small role or somewhere they sure. already know you. Sometimes you're just booked, and you just it is booked on your credentials that are just out there already, or they've seen you in mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and you just get. You get, get kind of cast off of. Uh, I have a friend that uh, he has a particular look, and he always plays like a bad guy. He's like the the character actor of bad guy mm-hmm. in this area, and he he just goes from one independent film to the other because he's just got has a certain look. And just sure. like that's it. You know, he doesn't have to audition. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, 
and that's that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, there was a podcast. Uh, Schwarzenegger was on the podcast recently. He was saying when he was starting out in the seventies, like he didn't even audition. He, did, he knew he couldn't go in <laughs> as a standard actor. He had to get into the business like a Reg Park from you know, Reg Park was a muscle guy from the sixties, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he had a whole different approach of getting into the business. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of determination. That's right. That's right. Okay, Brenda. Well, it was great talking to you again. I know you're uh, you're busy and you're doing a lot of. Uh, you still. I saw your little. Uh, you had uh, some good reels out there on your your website. I know you're still working <laughs> uh-huh. on that. And uh, oh, and before I let you go, uh, how can fans uh, order your book again? You know, uh, it's available on Amazon. Amazon.com. Yeah. And I'm I'm working on a, a digi- digital version of it as well. I've got a lot, some rewrites to do because my book is ten years old now, so it needs an update. <laughs> yeah, it's still got a lot of good basic information in it. Thank you, I appreciate that. I think it does too. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Continued success, William. I so enjoyed oh, yeah. seeing your play a couple weeks ago. Oh, yes. Thank you. That was uh, very inspirational. I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed it and that you made it. It was great. It was great. Okay. Okay, Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, have a blessed night. Thank you. You too, William. Bye now. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. And let me leave you with this, uh, dear listeners. Uh, Sanford Meisner, a famous acting coach, said, acting is behaving truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Good night. 